Short story. Before the lights go out. Cassandra heaved herself up the ramp and plodded into the back room where various set pieces leaned against the wall, waiting, like the unused furniture they were, for their next big scene. Alan followed close behind, his dark head bent in thought, the smell of old wood, sweat, and a miracle on the brink of bright lights always sent chills down his arms. He chewed his lip, then peered up at the older buxom woman. But you're great at what you do. They'll always need women to play your parts. Cassandra's abrupt laugh short-circuited his thoughts. My parts, you say? She shook her head and marched with determined steps toward the last dressing room on the right. Look around, child, and get it through your head that what seems to be is all that matters in this world. Whatever body fits the seeming will get the job done. He trotted along and entered the room close behind. But you're skilled, and that's a fact. I wish I were half as good as you. Cassandra flopped down on a hard chair and beckoned to the young man. Get me my shift there on the back of the door. She pointed to the left. As Alan handed the thin gown to her, she eyed him with a soft smile. You're a dear, and that's a fact. With those blue eyes, firm chin, chiseled jawline, you're a man made for the stage, or film, whatever suits your fancy. Alan leaned against the dressing counter, his back to the huge mirror. I'm not special. There's a hundred guys who look as good as me and can make better use of their arms and legs. He chuckled. I'm learning, but it's a steep curve, and one slip will land me in the mud. Cassandra peered into the mirror, dabbed her fingers in cold cream, and smeared it all over her face. She tilted her head to get every angle. You're a wise kid if you see that already. Her gaze reached through the mirror and smacked into his eyes. Gain a few too many pounds, get sick, pick up a bad habit, and you're done for. With a shrug, Alan pushed off the counter and sauntered across the room. Could be true for any profession, most guys. Nah, it's not that, she peered back into the mirror. Well. Maybe some, but there's nothing like show business to teach a person their place. She thumped the counter with a flat of her hand. No place. Alan pulled down an oversized feathered hat and slid his fingers along the edge. How's that? Can't hardly be yourself. Always got to be somebody else to survive. And you gotta look the part and act the part all the time or your audience will think you've gone traitor. Plucking the feather, Alan grinned. You make it sound like we're prisoners of our profession. Cassandra frowned as his fingers played with the feather. Damage that stupid thing and I'll get hell for it. She scoured her face and wiped it clean with a fresh cloth. Prisoners of our bodies, our profession, and our success if we're lucky enough to have any. She nodded to the door. 
You better hurry, kiddo. Time and opportunity are passing faster than you think. Late that night, Alan ambled up the steps to his house, strode through the entryway, and frowned at a light glinting from a back room. Stepping carefully, he inched his way forward. Not a sound. He poked his head through the open doorway and peered at his father sitting up in bed with a book in his hand. Alan sauntered forward, a grin warring with a frown. What you doing up so late, da? The old man glanced up, startled. He laid the book on his lap with a tired smile hovering on his face. Couldn't sleep. Thought I'd catch up on my reading. Alan tilted his head back, considering the cover, and glanced at his father. He turned the book around. The egoist, he pursed his lips, thought you liked the classics. Da slapped his hand over the cover. It is a classic, at least in some circles. He flipped the book over. It was the title that caught my eye. Thought it might have a few answers. One of Alan's eyebrows rose. How to be one or get rid of one? Da's smile reached his eyes. You're too damn smart for your own good, laddie. He shoved the book aside. How'd it go today? Same as usual. I made mistakes, and I learned from them. He sat on the edge of the bed. You remember Cassandra? You know, the big... Yeah? What about her? She seems to think that as an actor, I'm in for a life sentence, a prisoner of sorts. You think that? I don't know. Could be true. But then, doesn't every profession make demands, have expectations? I could get fired from anything. True, but not everyone would notice or care. There's something about becoming a public person that comes with its own set of rules. It's a matter of trust. Lots of public figures mess up. Sometimes it actually helps their careers. Careers aren't the person on the inside, son. Don't forget that. It's true. You could be a schoolteacher and get run through the mill. But the public light burns awful bright. It doesn't care about the person inside. He tapped his chest and leaned back. You know, I was in the limelight for a good many years. Cost me more than I care to admit. I got paid well, and I got a lot of attention, but... But? Well, in the end, we're all going to die. And when you get to my age, that makes a person think. If you live long enough, you get old, and hints come along to remind you, we're not here forever. The lights will dim, the stage door will close, and we'll have to face what every human being through history has to face, the great equalizer. Maybe they'll invent a bioengineered body when my time comes. The joke fell flat. Alan flushed. Just remember, Alan, a career, 
no matter how good, no matter how well you're paid, no matter how many people tell you they love you, you're on your own at the end. You better get to know that person. He tapped his chest again before the lights go out. A.K. Fraley is the author of 15 books, a teacher for 35 years, and a homeschooling mother of eight. Make the most of life's journey. For books by A.K. Fraley, check out her Amazon author page.